Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hey, Michelle. I'm doing great. Solidarity to the writers who, uh, of this recording, are yep. on strike. We stand with writers. Hang in there. Um, WGA, we hope that you get what you need and deserve. And if I were in California, I would be out there with you on the picket line. <laughs> I fully agree. Fully agree. I hope that the WGA gets gets everything they are asking for because they are the backbone of all of the projects on which they serve. Yes. You know, if, if you like watching things where words come out of people's mouths, <laughs> you need to thank the writers. Absolutely. And <laughs> That's kind of a funny segue. I mean, serious topic, but writing, storytelling, hmm. And PR peeps who might be storytelling their careers just a tad too much. (laughs) Just a little bit. Yes, we're going to... We're going to carefully edge into these waters of, and I'm sure we, you'll soon be nodding, listeners. You, these people that come into your path, these self-declared, uh, am I going to say the word, the G word, gurus, the people that come across as very flashy, but you soon find out there's precious little substance. However, they present themselves as seasoned PR professionals, and you know it just really. Uh, it doesn't do any of us any good. It's not a service to us. In fact, it's a disservice of, of the hard work that that truly seasoned professionals put in. You know, I've, I say this a lot, and I think just as technology grows, and I'm not even talking about AI, I'm talking about, you know, the canvas of the world, the, you know, people who, I have a Mac, I'm a designer, that just whole mindset of you can do anything. Yes, but to a point, to a point. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, there's still, even though, you know, we're not licensed, we're not doctors, we don't get to call ourselves doctor, PR professional. There's still a lot of training and experience that goes into doing what we do well. There should be. Yeah. I mean, while we have the, the APR credential. Correct. And, you know, some people do have a degree in, in comms the access point to practice the profession like so many these days is is very low you mm-hmm. could just set up shop and call yourself a digital pr person right and i came up pr from a very non-traditional way and the reason that i pursued my apr is because i wanted to have that foundation i wanted to have the language i wanted to have the breadth of information to be able to really practice as a professional. So this discussion today is not saying that you have to go the traditional way in order to be a professional, but what we are imploring people to do is to strive to be a professional. Please do not be out there, as Michelle said, calling yourself an expert, calling yourself a professional, calling yourself professional when you can't even write a PR plan. There are just some things going into running your own business that you really should know how to do. And you should know how to do 
some of the things well. You don't have to know how to do everything. You don't do not have to be perfect at everything. If you're if social media is not your jam, that's okay. You can partner with people to walk you through that. But if you do not know how to research, plan, implement, evaluate, notice how I use RPI, please learn. Please learn. I right. beg of you to go learn. And this came out of discussions because I think it's very frustrating when people who take this profession so seriously and do consider ourselves to be professionals, when we see questions coming from other people or we see content being produced by other people that we know is not at the level of professionalism, it it can be very, very frustrating. And people get very angry about that and feels they feel as though it diminishes the entire profession by bad actors. Indeed, indeed. And and like you said, there is a huge difference between, you know, aligning with or putting people on your team to fill certain roles at a professional level. That's not what we're talking about, right? It's, yeah. you know, even I, I spent some time as an account executive in an ad agency. And really, that's been my model ever since, right? You are the person, you are the hub, you build the strategy, you work with all of the players to make things happen. And of course, you know, I'm also a writer. So I wear that hat as well, which is, you know, comes in handy. But I have noticed, you know, as time has gone on, and, you know, thank goodness for the internet, a lot of us, it's made it easy for us to set up solo shops. But I've seen a, a lot of people setting up shop and I I would just say to myself, this is why you need an account executive. This is why you need someone like us who, you know, creates the strategy, who oversees it all, who orchestrates it, who knows what is good and what isn't, who knows the difference between good design and bad design. I mean, we all, and I am eternally grateful actually to the agency where I I started, you know, you look back, you you know, it was a good thing at the time. But as you look back, you realize, oh, my goodness. In fact, I was chatting with um, an ex coworker, gosh, a few years back, she had moved on to a different position. And she was waiting for approval for an ad. And, you know, that's something we did. So she thought, well, I'm just going to approve it. And she kind of got her hand slapped because that wasn't the right channel. And she said, well, there was a deadline. I knew it was right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, but all that to bring it back to our topic of, you know, you need someone when you're working with clients who who has that experience, who who just knows how to guide a client through something and, and isn't just throwing it together haphazardly because, you know, that's not going to last long. That that's not going to serve them well for the long run. Certainly isn't going to leave a trail of happy clients, and those happy clients are going to say, "Ugh, PR. I worked with someone. It was terrible." Well, I think another thing that really is a personal pet peeve of mine is that you have people calling themselves either PR professionals or that they they practice PR, and to them that strictly equates to media relations. But then they're not even good at media relations. These are the people that span the universe hoping for something to stick. They don't have a strategy. They're not aligned with the client's overall goals. There's nothing but tactics. 
And yeah, any monkey can put together a bunch of emails and you know what, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. So it's frustrating because then you have clients and, and maybe you are, maybe you're getting, you know, media for them may not be quality media may, some of it may be, maybe you are able to land tier one coverage, but it's just about that. And that's all you do. You have one trick in your, your tool bag and that's it. And then when the client is not happy because you don't have the, the skill set to be able to be more nuanced in how you practice and you're not able to really deliver a higher value strategy, you're going to turn through your clients very quickly. And then these are the people that come to true pros and say, we don't believe in PR. Well, they don't believe in PR because they've never seen it practiced before. And that's because we have these people that are playing at the profession and it's time to stop playing. And again, not to make anyone feel bad about maybe being newer to the profession or maybe learning, but it's an encouragement to please learn and does not mean that you have to, you know, learn like a textbook worth of things before you can start. Maybe you start it. Maybe there are some things, you know, but please up your game, level up because you really do, you know, you're lowering the bar yeah. for all of us. And that's not okay. It impacts our ability to earn a living. It impacts our ability to do our job well, because we as PR professionals, part of our job is to protect our publics. That's not just our clients. And And you have to know that responsibility in order to protect it. And if you're not bothering to learn what this job really entails, that's not, that's not a good look. It's almost, you know, like, would you go and order a custom cake from a bakery where the person like knew how to spot great cakes and maybe knew how to draw, but didn't know how to bake and they're learning on the job. And so Sometimes it's good because like, oh, look, they hit on something that worked, but sometimes it's not. And they don't really know what to do, but they're figuring it out as they go along. You are a business. You have a responsibility to come into this game with some skill set, some level of skill set, please. Right, right. And and just to build on that, if you know, don't feel bad. I mean, if you're just starting out, then those are the services that you offer. You you offer where, I don't want to say, you know, where your comfort zone is with an eye on growth. You know, you know what you do really well, focus on that until you do other things better. I mean, we're always learning, all of us, or at least we should be. And, you know, also just talking to those of us who might have come to a client who's coming off of a bad experience, have a discussion about that. Say, oh, well, okay, what happened there? Oh, okay. And and that can, you know, again, we're always talking about educating our clients. That could be an ex- an instructive moment of, well, so no, here's what you can expect working with me or working with us. You know, we will make sure that XYZ happens, you know, just help them to get beyond that perception of that bad experience. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think, you know, I've, to be honest with you, I've had a few clients like that. I we've had two recently that we really just dug deep rather than running away when they say, 
oh yeah, we had a bad experience with PR. We we get, you know, we're not afraid to ask the questions because we're trying to make a decision if we want to work with with this particular client. Because right. oh no, sometimes it's not the agency, sometimes it's the client. Right. So don't be afraid of like just digging deeper for your own satisfaction to know like, okay, is there something like, as you said, that I can learn from this situation? Is this someone that really could be a great client or are these red flags? I mean, but you don't know until you dig and you ask and ask for examples and then you talk through it. And I have found that with reasonable adults and professionals Sometimes you can work through things and you have a greater understanding. And sometimes the way somebody else practice is not the way that you practice. And that same misunderstanding would not have happened. And so it could be a good fit for you. Correct. Yeah. But again, the people that do not have the expertise that are just, you know, get a client, lose a client, no big deal. They just are churning quickly. This is not what any of us want to be representative of PR. I know of an agency still standing their whole MO for many, many, many years has been to bring clients in, spend a lot of time on discovery, not really deliver anything of value, have junior people on the account. And then by the time they're out of discovery and supposed to be delivering results, they get fired and they just move on to the next client. So they just purposely churn through and are making their money by holding on to people through a false period of discovery and not really delivering results. This is so completely unethical. But I would always also say, check your ethics if you're selling something that you do not know how to do. Right. Because you should know how to do what clients are paying you to do. Let, let's just be clear about that. Yeah. It's fine to have a really narrow engagement. Last week on our program, we had a wonderful guest, Katie Booth, who is a seasoned PR pro with an agency But she found through practicing her profession that she really loved events and she really loved the, you know, getting speakers. And so she leaned into that slice of thought leadership hard. And that's what she does. She has a very narrow, specific focus in her PR practice and she delivers on it. She's good at it. She continues to learn and to grow and to deliver what clients expect from her. So it's fine to not be a generalist. It's fine not to have all the skill sets. Maybe there is a slice of PR that you actually are good at. As Michelle said, focus on that slice. And if you want to build your skills, there's ways to do that through hands-on learning by working with other pros, you know, be honest and say, Hey, is there, you know, an assignment that I could work on with you that I'm trying to build my skills in X. And I have that skill set, but I'm willing to learn if you're willing to teach and I can pitch in and help on the account. But being open and honest with other professionals is really important, too, because if you're in professional circles or groups and forums and you're asking one on one questions, you are going to create people that have zero desire to help you and will have no respect for you as a professional. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, you, you see through that 
straight away and you just think, huh, okay, what, what, what are we doing here? And it's, it is, it's frustrating and it it can be demoralizing, but, you know, try not to let it. (laughs) And, and I love what you said about, you know, niching down if, if that's, and that is the beauty yeah, as we often talk about of being a solo shop, even if you even if you're a micro agency or something larger than a one person business, you get to create the business that you want, which is a wonderful thing. But you know, at the same time, yeah, we have to tolerate some people that just pop out there and and suddenly, and and you know, you see it everywhere, right? You see it in job listings where someone's looking for a marketing coordinator and lists all these things with horrible pay, and you realize, um, that's really a director position, and that person needs a team, and good luck with that. Those are also yeah. potentially well, depending. Obviously, if the pay's not very good, you're not going to pop in, but. Sometimes those are fun to just play with and say, hey, would you want to hire a consultant? And if not, right. just, and, and I think that the existence of many of those kind of, you know, want the world at low prices kind of originated with people doing things that they really weren't qualified to do and didn't know yes. to charge the right value because yes. not really what they do. And, and I mean, PR is not the only profession where people are overselling themselves, marketing you know, is rife. Social media, you know, it's why you have people out here thinking, oh, well, if you're Gen Z, I'll just hire you to do my social media because you're a digital native. But does that person understand how to align your social media strategy with your company goals? By the way, they know what strategy or do they know the tactics? Because the tactics are important. But who's going to guide your strategy? Right. Do they know do they yeah. know what brand voice is? Probably not. <laughs> Have you talked to some of these people? Do they know personas? Do they know how to do message maps? All of these things that professionals will tell you. Do they know how to write a crisis plan around social media to protect you? Is there an escalation plan? Should something happen? These are all things that professionals recommend. And it's not overkill. We recommend and we do these things because we understand the depth and breadth of our jobs. And we know that it's more than being task monkeys, which none of us are. And I'm sure, (laughs) I believe with all my heart that most of our listeners are not. And so this, again, is not an indictment for anyone starting. It's not being the, you know, mean PR girls that are like, ugh, you suck and you should get out of this job. It is no. an encouragement for all of us to uplift the profession yeah. by really living up to what it really means to be a PR pro. It, it's already hard enough to fight against clients who are out here calling press releases, articles, and, and oh. the PR. The PR. Stop. It, yeah. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Yeah. I get that that's a little thing, but we all have those little things that drive us over the edge. Like, yeah, that's not an article. It's a news release. And in some cases, you're right, girl. That's not even an article. That is a marketing brochure. And I I cannot put this on the <laughs> You mean You mean we can repurpose our content? In, in appropriate ways, but we yeah. shouldn't just like take the copy and put it everywhere. The media does not want your product <laughs> brochure, hun. No. There's a place for that. 
but it's not on the wire. Yeah, so exactly. No, 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 it's not. And actually in the back of my mind, I'm already thinking, okay, who's the listener looking to buy the domain name taskmonkeys.com? <laughs> it might be me. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I've been gosh. Up them lately, but <laughs> I mean, we're joking, but we are serious. Yeah. And, you know, Michelle and I, I hope that we are always a source of encouragement and information. And this is something we wanted to address because it is being discussed among PR professionals. And it is something that bothers us too, because we work too hard in what we are building. You listeners, you're part of the we. We we work too hard. We we strive too hard to get where we are in our careers. Yeah. Many of you did put in time in traditional PR roles and came out of agencies and leadership positions. Some were client side. Some went to school and you know, you, your major is in comms. Others are APRs and you're proud of this job. And and I believe that that is something that we all share. We're proud to do this job. We love this profession. And as solos, we really have to make sure that we are continuing to set a high standard and not lower ourselves to these people that are really not a credit to our profession, but we continue to raise the bar so that we're setting a standard for the next generation coming up behind us. Yeah, I agree. And I think especially as solos and or self-employed micro-agency leaders, because what credibility do we have beyond our track record and the perception of our profession? Because it's not like we don't produce widgets that we can say, look, my product is beautiful. See how nice it is? No, we have our, our service is our product. So it's so important. And 100%. Yeah. And I, I know the younger generation is they're more comfortable with fluidity. They will get a job and they will leave a job in a heartbeat, like zero emotion about it. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But you cannot bring that same attitude into running your own business because at some point you're going to run out of runway. I mean, you could hop around, you could practice in different countries, but there's something very satisfying about having a reputation that says you deliver results. It's Mm -hmm. personally rewarding because you're connected. You're the person that's producing the service and you get to see the outcomes of that service and building a reputation based on results and meeting the expectations that you set. That's what's going to give you longevity. That is what is going to allow you to scale your business that is the thing that you can tap into. You can tap into that bank of trust. And that does become more important because it's expensive and exhausting to keep hopping around and churning through clients. Uh, It's not the way I promise you at some point in your lives, you will get a bit older and you will see that that takes a toll because you're constantly having to um, expend the energy. And there's there's a price tag to continually onboarding new people. Yeah. It, it gets old. It's it's not as fun as it sounds and you think, no. you know, you can't keep treat, treating your clients as though they're dispensable. Yeah. And this environment today should maybe help you to take note of that that they are not dispensable 
they are valuable. People do move to other companies. They do remember. And your leads may one day dry up Mm -hmm. because you're not who you said that you were. Yeah, it's so true. So true. Well, we hope that you've gotten value out of this today. We hope that every week, but especially today, I, you know, I'm sure many of you were nodding your heads, rolling your eyes, giggling along with us, but we are so grateful for you and the time that you give to us. And we are equally grateful if you share this around, if you know someone who's going through this and if this might help just give them some encouragement, we would love to be a part of that. And until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. <music>